We have State Representative from uh, District 58 A. A. All right. We have Christy Purcell joining us. Good morning. Representative Purcell, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, happy 2024 to you. Now, is this your first official duty as a representative of 2024? Oh, gosh. I suppose it is. Um, and so let me make it my first official duty to help the conversation had earlier about the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Uh, you were missing Raphael and Donatello. I am the mother of two elementary school age boys. <laughs> Plus, I remember this from my youth. So, yes, Michelangelo, Leonardo, Donatello and Raphael are the four Ninja Turtles. No, I was thinking they were named after the Three Musketeers. Evidently not. Those are I don't remember those guys' names. So. Oh, actually, I don't either. No, <laughs> okay. no. But there's four, so that's the trick. Yeah. Good thing we got that taken care Phew! of. Yeah. No angry letters from the <laughs> listeners. Hopefully. <laughs> well, someday you'll have to explain uh, to your children who Vanilla Ice is yeah, or true. was. <laughs> I, well, and sadly, probably who those painters are too. But mm-hmm. we had you in because you have a. The legislative session, not in session, it won't be for a while. February 12th, we head back up to St. Paul. It's a long time away, but Mm -hmm. you've got uh, uh, something that you have been working on called Outdoor School for All. Yes. And uh, Rich evidently talked to you about this and booked it, and neither one of us really knows what that is. Your blank slates. Blank slates. Yes, so so this is actually some legislation we introduced quite quite the end of session last year so um it there's a bill number there are you know co-authors etc so this does exist in the ether basically so we could be talking about it and then Mm -hmm. um work on getting it actually passed and enacted in the years and sessions to come now outdoor school sounds like a good idea Mm -hmm. except uh it's january it sure (laughs) is but we are minnesotans (laughs) now what what does that mean what is outdoor school so i had a a a life-changing experience getting to work at a residential environmental learning center i lived and worked at wolfridge environmental learning center so that's a place on the north shore of lake superior Northfield used to go there mm-hmm. uh, and spend a week up there um, with, I forget what grade it was. And then... Um, I think it was fifth grade. Fifth grade. Yeah. And so um, then that shifted a, a large part due to transportation costs. Um, and uh, Eagle Bluff Environmental Learning Center near Lanesboro built dormitories so they could be residential. And uh, then Northfield switched to... To going there. I think maybe Prairie Creek still brings kids up to Wolfridge Environmental Learning Center, but I lived and worked there for two years mm-hmm. um, doing outdoor education. So teaching kids, uh, we had a winter survival class, one of the most impactful classes. It was literally 30 degrees below zero, and kids were given the five matches, a tarp. I can't remember. We gave them just a small number of items and it was a three-hour class and said you need to build a shelter you need to build a fire and once you do you can have some water and warm up some water and then we'll give you hot cocoa powder and it was so real for those kids for those three hours it was fantastic they all did such a great job I mean we uh we taught them some things before we just went outside for the three hours um but then you know other times when I taught that class and it was, you know, 50 degrees out. They had to sort of pretend to survive. <laughs> you know, those kids uh, kind of didn't give it their all. But those kids, when it was 30 below zero, whew, 
they got their stuff done. So there, opportunities of uh, rock climbing, ropes course, outdoor survival. Some of these places teach um, hunting safety, uh, firearm safety, um, fishing. And what I like to tell people is that in the Minnesota Constitution, we have fishing and hunting as literally part of our rights and our culture. And kids spend an average of seven hours a day on screens and an average of seven minutes a day outside. And so in order to sort of preserve our culture and our heritage of Minnesotans, let's give the opportunity for, let's say, we can pick a grade, let's say fifth grade, fifth graders to have an opportunity to be at a residential environmental learning center learning about this amazing place that we live with four distinct seasons. I, I like that. I like the idea that we've talked to a number of the kids through the years from, uh, they went up to... Uh, is Wolfridge. Wolfridge, mm-hmm. yeah, Wolfridge, and, and down to Lanesboro mm-hmm. as well. And quite the experience for yes. them, especially you mentioned when it's 30 below. I mean, survival is a strong motivation. <laughs> and when I lived up there, it was like, there's no getting around winter. And so what you do is you embrace it. And I would play pond hockey every Sunday. So this is when I was in my 20s. Um, but there was a hardy group of folks who played pond hockey, and then we'd go sauna. And um, I joined a women's hockey team up there and learned to cross-country ski. And you just have to embrace those things of the season. And ice fish. I mean, uh, er, you know, it's like all of those things are part of who we are, and I think – the reason why this bill has had tremendous bipartisan support, probably the most bipartisan standalone bill, uh, is because we all feel this um, passion for maintaining the culture and the outdoor heritage of our state. I think that's a good thing. Yes. That, uh, that I mean, we haven't really had much of a winter so far yet. All those activities that you'd mentioned, people are really itching mm-hmm. to get out there and do cross-country skiing and skating and not the scraping off of the car, no. the shoveling, but that's the that's the price of admission to get to those other fun outdoor things. But from a legislative standpoint, what does the bill look like? I mean, does it what does it actually accomplish? Does it just make it mandatory for schools to provide that? It does not. So this bill um, creates a fund of money held. I think right now it's structured that it's held at the DNR, the Department of Natural Resources, and it's basically then schools can apply for grant funding to get support in order to pay for having their students attend one of these five accredited schools that happen to be outdoor schools. They happen to have the dormitories and the, the classes for outdoor education. Now, those, uh, you'd mentioned there's five, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize there were that many, but uh, it's good. They could probably even use a few more, I would we imagine. Could use a, we used to have a handful more, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, but uh, as far as the learning experience, you know, we've uh, had uh, kids go up there for a week mm-hmm. and do the learning. We've had them go up for, you know, a few days, a couple of yep. days at a time. Is there uh, any I, I, we, I guess within the bill, as far as the legislature, is there any time period that is available, or can schools use that at their own discretion? There's not right now. So this is based on legislation that exists in Oregon, Washington, and there's an East Coast state. I'm forgetting which one it is. Um, but I lived and worked in both Oregon and Washington. Um, and Washington was just a, a summer season, but in Oregon I lived for 
two school years. And this has just become part of the culture that when you are in, I think it might be sixth grade or seventh grade there, um, you disappear from your typical school week and you go to one of these places and have, and there it's, it's a five day experience. I know at the residential environmental learning centers here in Minnesota, you can opt for that five day or the three day experience. And we just right now have uh, the, the bill is structured that there's this pool of money and schools can access it to help defer the cost to families for transportation and sort of level the playing field. So in Oregon now, it's upwards of 80% of the students attend outdoor school because that's just sort of part of the culture, but mm -hmm. that wasn't the case 20 years ago. And so we're not mandating that this, you know, you ha it has to be done, but trying to offer funds, especially so that schools that might not have this opportunity to fundraise or those other ways to access funds to be able to to offer that to their students too. And uh, it's really, it's always about the funding. You know, that is the, uh, all good ideas have to be funded mm -hmm. and funded properly. Uh, where is this money coming from? Is this general fund? Is this going to be like a legacy grant type thing or where will the funding come from? Well, since the, um, now that we're in 2024, this year's session um, is not a budget year. So likely this will not make it into any policy packages because it does need to be funded. If we just said kids in seventh grade have to go to outdoor school without the funding, that's that's not actually going to happen. So mm -hmm. um, we are talking about this a lot. My counterparts on the other side of the aisle are talking about this a lot because what an incredible boon to a lot more rural communities in Minnesota who might see a lot more families coming and um, but I think the likelihood of it, I've never been there for a policy year, but I think the likelihood of it, uh, getting over the finish line in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even right now the bill doesn't have dollars amount, mm -hmm. a, a dollar amount. So we're kind of open to figuring out where it makes the most sense and just has X's for dollars because sort of like, well, how much money could we get in to, to start out. Do you have an idea of what uh, what what a dollar amount would be to to properly fund it yet? Well, I think the idea is that it's scalable, so that we would start with however much money we might be allocated, and then give that funds out to schools as they apply, and get people excited about it, and and let schools know that this is available to them, and then be able to scale it to eventually having it be available to every student to have outdoor school for all. Outdoor school for all. We're mm -hmm. talking with Representative Christy Purcell of District 58A. Uh, let's talk about the, the legislative sessions you mentioned. It doesn't start for a month and a half. You know, we, it's one of those late years, the, the, the bonding year, and there's, I don't know if there's a whole lot to bond for this year. We'll have to guess, wait and see. But in the in the meantime, the interim, you got six weeks where you got to be a mom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you also have to be a, a legislator. Yes. What, what do the six weeks look like for you? Well, um, they probably look a lot like the uh, most of the rest of interim. I did try to take summer off and just really be with my kids, which was so great. And um, so really in the fall, like September, I started to kind of delve back into the legislative work. So 
that has looked like having a lot of constituent meetings, having a lot of Zooms with different groups who are working on bills like this coalition, the Outdoor School for All bill, um, attending those meetings and sort of checking in where were we at there and, um, you know, what are the barriers and how do we talk about this more? Um, so that's been, a, and, and I guess a lot of meetings with my colleagues too, to say, you know, uh, let's, let's get this sort of legislation drafted and, um, get something sort of ready to go so that when session starts, we can sort of hit the ground running. Now I've never been there for a bonding year or a policy year. So it's quite a bit shorter. It's five weeks shorter than last year. So it's a 15 week session instead of 20, partially because we used up a lot of legislative days in 2023. Mm -hmm. um, so constitutionally we can only use so many days in the biennium so that's part of why it's a little bit shorter and then we have to adjourn by may 20th so um yeah i'm actually going to try to head up to my office and uh i didn't do a great job at the end of sessions it was so chaotic of like filing and organizing and so i'll be up there actually the northfield youth and government will be up at the capitol this week mm -hmm. or um later this week and then into the weekend, along with youth and governments from across the state. So that is always so fun. They go into our chamber and sit at our desks, um, predominantly high school students, but some middle school students, and they show me how to do my job. So <laughs> I'm really excited. So I'll be going up there um, to hang with. Northfield has the fourth largest youth and government chapter in the whole state. And as you know, we are not the fourth largest community. Um, so we just have incredible youth participation in this, you know, civic uh, um, program that really teaches the kids about civics. So I'm really excited to go on a tour with them and have like a Q&A session with them and just get to see the youth up at the Capitol. So I'm combining that with the less fun going through all my piles of papers and deciding where those need to be filed and then getting to to hang with the youth in the afternoon. That sounds good. Yeah. What now do they get is there like a uh, a moot session that they participate in? Do mm -hmm. they actually get a vote and they I introduce argue, legislation yeah. and they yes debate the merits of bills and things like that to my understanding. So I'm excited to to learn more and watch them and see what they get up to. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to follow them uh, as well. Yeah. All right, anything else representative Purcell? Uh, no, but I think probably during session, uh, we'll do this again Friday mornings. So I'm excited to, uh, to have that level of accountability, Jeff, when I come <laughs> in on Fridays, I have to remember, what did I do all the way back on Monday? <laughs> Better take notes. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. Representative Christy Purcell.